0: growth igniters radio with pam harper and scott harper episode 152 the new keys for leadership success in a disruptive world This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at
1: businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
2: Good morning, Pam. It's always a pleasure to join you again on Growth Igniter's radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, growth, and success. So, Pam... Our regular listeners know that it's essential to stay current on the latest issues on leadership, and we believe that this needs to include understanding how boards are shaping governance to deal with this disruptive world
1: we live in. That's right. The fact is, whether you lead a public company or a private company, and whether or not you have a formal board, the only thing anyone can confidently predict is that the world is going to become only more Unpredictable going forward. (laughs) You have that right. To keep creating value in both the short-term and long-term, we need governance that takes into account leadership issues for both today and tomorrow. And this means we're going to need CEOs, C-suite, and senior executives who are willing and able to approach leadership in some dramatically different ways. Yeah. And someone who can shed new light on these issues is our returning guest, Peter R. Gleason, president and CEO of the National Association of Corporate Directors. He is a recognized expert on board leadership and corporate governance issues and serves as a member of NACD's national faculty. Peter is regularly quoted in the media and is a frequent presenter on the subjects of corporate governance, executive and director compensation, risk, strategic planning, and board share owner relations. He's served as a commissioner on every NACD Blue Ribbon Commission report issued over the past 16 years. This includes the most recent releases on adaptive governance board oversight of disruptive risks and culture as a corporate asset. Other Blue Ribbon Commission reports cover the Strategic Asset Board, Long-Term Value Creation, Strategy Development, Talent Development, Board Diversity, and more. And you can see Peter's full bio by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 152. Peter, welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio.
3: Thanks, Pam. Thanks, Scott. It's great to be back.
1: You know, so much has gone on since the last time you were with us. We were thinking back, it was 2015 when we were first talking about a lot of the changes between board and management. And of course, the world has only become much more disruptive. But before we get started talking about this topic, could you tell us just a little bit about the Blue Ribbon Commission? A lot of people may not know about this.
3: Sure. We actually host the Blue Ribbon Commission every year on a different topic, And what we try to do is gather, quote-unquote, the smartest people in the room. So we get directors, we get CEOs, we get subject matter experts, we get governance experts, and we we put them in a room together twice over the course of about an eight-month period and dive deep into a topic. So we get a broad range of perspectives and views on a current issue. The one that we just did was on adaptive governance, the board oversight of disruptive risk, and really looking at how is that impacting the board? How does the board need to think about that topic as they look at overseeing the company itself?
1: So what issues prompted NACD and the commission to shift from focusing on the past as a predictor of company performance and risk for the future to focusing on staying ahead of the curve and looking for signs of what could disrupt your company?
3: Well, I think that's you actually just answered your own question with the concept of risk. And that risk is so different today than it has been in the past because of the pace of change that we're facing. And it's not just technological change. It is geopolitical change. It is natural environmental changes. It's things that are constantly evolving around us at such an advanced pace that you have to think differently. It's not things that are going to be on your traditional ERM grid. And, you know, if you think back to something like cybersecurity, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't even an issue. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, it was kind of a fleeting issue for boards, but it was, you know, there were technology experts that were honed in on it. Now it's almost in the ERM grids for every company, but it can be a reputational risk. It can be a shareholder risk. It can be a financial risk. I mean, it falls into all the categories and we need to start thinking differently about some of these risks that can be thrust upon us that weren't here a few years ago at the magnitude that they are now.
2: So this is really different from the classic way of looking at disruption as coming from competitors who are going to launch new technology that knocks us out of the box. You're taking a much broader view, and in the most recent report, you presented quadrants for thinking about risk in new ways and how to anticipate and adapt governance to stay ahead of the curve. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, well, I I think that, Scott, you, you hit a really interesting point in that it's not the traditional stuff that we've always thought about. It can yeah. come from different areas, and when you're talking about competitive risk, we always tend to look within our own industry for what are the competitors doing, and and can we stay ahead of those risks, and and can we outcompete our competitors? We don't know where our competition's coming from now. If you think about, you know, everybody refers back to to Uber and Lyft and the medallion cabs. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think. The medallion cabs were really thinking about a ride sharing service driven by an app that would might disrupt their industry. And it's turned the whole industry on its head. Think about those same companies in the driverless car world. You got Google, you got Apple. They're potentially competing against the mainstream car manufacturers. Now you've got all the electric cars coming into the, the mainstream, and everybody in the traditional automotive industries are trying to catch up with the new players in this market. So it's not that the competition and the disruption is necessarily coming from within your own market. It's coming from the entire market, and you don't know where that might be, so you have to have a broader scope of what's competition.
2: And, of course, disruption is more than just competition. There are disruptive forces that are changing how companies have to govern from talent to legislation to things that we can't even anticipate.
3: Right. And and that's, you know, the whole geopolitical side of the equation. You know, it, you can look at our current environment and, you know, tariffs on different countries, tariffs on our country exports. I mean, it can change your strategy almost overnight without a whole lot of warning. So you have to really dig deep into your strategy. And this goes to the other Blue Urban Commission report we did back on strategy development of really looking at the assumptions on which your strategy is based and pressure testing those on a regular basis. Do they still hold water given the environment that we're operating in? So all these topics kind of feed together into how you oversee the company. And that's why, you know, we're we're looking at all these topics so broadly. But The interconnection between them is critical for boards to start thinking about because there's disruption over here, there's geopolitics over here, and then say you you're in a flood zone for a natural disaster and hits, and all of a sudden your operations are down. So you might have, you know, three of these forces hitting at once, and Mm -hmm. you've got to rethink what you're going to do.
1: So in fact, the way that you've been talking about disruption has a lot to do with the impact that these changes can have on a company just seeming to come out of nowhere. All of that really points to the need for a new type of leader. And that was something that I thought was very interesting in the report is the recommendation for a new type of leadership, both culturally and even the focus. Let's talk a little bit about that.
3: Sure. And, you know, one of the quotes we say is that we'd always looked at operating performance as a predictor of success and leadership. You know, were mm-hmm. you a good operator? And, and it's not that this is a zero-sum game that you no longer look for that, because that's obviously an essential talent in, mm-hmm. in anybody in business. But Absolutely. The ability to be nimble, to be agile, to think differently about competition, to open different dialogues, to gain different perspectives – you know, that all is a much more important, I think, skill today than it ever has been before because of the way our market is changing. So the ability to, to gather different groups in the room, to have diverse perspectives around the table, uh, to have diverse experiences around the table and to be open to that dialogue around Could it be something else? And again, this all goes Mm -hmm. back to that pressure testing our assumptions. You know, we may think that, you know, our strategy is going to take us from point A to point B and we've got the right infrastructure, we've got the right resources to do that. Well, what if you don't? And what Mm -hmm. if something happens to disrupt that flow? You may need some other insights as to how are we going to get around these issues and how are we going to continue to move the company forward. So it really is kind of a different approach to leadership being much more open, much more nimble, much more agile to really think about what are the different possibilities we have in front of us because the landscape may change in front of us as quickly as possible.
1: Absolutely. It all comes down to the importance of recognizing when it's no longer business as usual. And on that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with Peter Gleason, president and CEO of NACD, about some of the new criteria that the Blue Ribbon Commission recommends for selecting and evaluating CEOs, C-suite, and senior executives to lead in a disruptive world. Stay with us.
2: This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to guide, ignite, sustain, and boost momentum for game-changing results. On the web at businessadvance.com.
1: We'd like to welcome our listeners, and especially our many new listeners. If you're not already subscribed to our Growth Igniters community, you can get even more value by signing up. You'll receive reminders of our new bi-weekly podcasts, along with a link to a page filled with all kinds of resources. On off weeks, you'll receive a Growth Igniters post, which is about a two-minute read.
2: So go to growthignitersradio.com and click the red Sign Up Now button at the top right of the page.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Peter Gleason, President and CEO of the National Association of Corporate Directors. Peter, how can people find out more about you and NACD?
3: Well, the easiest way is to go right to our website, which is nacdonline.org. You can find dig around there and find a whole bunch of information about what we do and why we do it.
1: Okay, and the Blue Ribbon Commission reports, the most recent ones on both disruption and also culture as a corporate asset.
3: Actually, the main text of both of those reports is available for free to the public. To be the, to get the tools and all the appendices that go along with it, you actually have to be a member of NACD, but we think that the, the content of the reports themselves is so important that we make it available to the public.
1: That's great. We will uh, be sure to provide links to that under resources as well. Again, uh, you can go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 152. As we left off, we were talking about the importance of leadership in a new way, governance in a new way to deal with what is definitely a disruptive world. Let's talk about some of the specific issues that the commission was recommending. First of all, having to do with leading the development of ideas and insights about future trends and opportunities. What does the commission expect boards to look for in CEOs and senior executives who could lead in this disruptive environment? What would they have to do differently or better?
3: Well, it it goes a little bit to the conversation we were just having before the break, and this is really... A much more collaborative environment is what's needed in the face of the disruption that we all see right now in the business community. So, you know, that the openness to alternative ideas and non-traditional points of view in the dialogue within the management team, you may have left field ideas that you go, wait a minute, that's that's completely, you know, out of line with what we've traditionally done. Well, that may be what you need. That may be a different page that you need to turn in in how you're going to run the company. We always say you have to disrupt yourself. So you have to constantly Mm -hmm. be thinking about what do you do do now that maybe you need to do away with? And what are our competitors doing that may lead us down a path to be more effective, more efficient, and really think differently about how we conduct our business? So, Mm -hmm. And within that is almost the discussion we were having about questioning and pressure testing assumptions. You know, Mm, when we set strategy at the beginning of every year and you're you're refining it and maybe you got a three year plan, whatever it might be, you make a whole series of assumptions that you know you're basing this this plan on. And because we change so rapidly, maybe that has to change too. And those assumptions are no longer valid. Well then what do you do? And and how do you Mm -hmm. go back and re trigger what your basis for that strategy was? And maybe it needs to be a different strategy. When we were looking at the strategy BRC a few years ago, that was really what came about is say your supply chain for your core product gets cut off because of a geopolitical issue and you can no longer get that. How do you turn quickly, not disrupt your shareholder value proposition Mm -hmm. and change strategy and and not lose confidence in the marketplace when this is something that's really out of your control Mm -hmm. because of a political issue or whatever the case might be? how do you turn on a dime like that? And that really goes back to, well, what are the alternatives to our strategy that didn't get chosen? What are the underlying assumptions to each one of those? And how do we reassess those when we need to? But that requires the leadership team to be open and to, to really not get locked in and sold on. This is the only way we can do this, but be receptive to new ideas, be entrepreneurial ideas may not come from the senior executive team, they may come from down lower levels in the organization with people, you know, you hire bright people, you got to take advantage of their insights. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely, that's something we promote all the time. Now, this is going to require, as you said, new ways of thinking, flexible thinking, for new ways of problem solving. When you're looking at top leadership, CEOs and senior executives, what are some of the top traits that signal that they can do that?
3: i think it's a it's a willingness and that it's willingness to listen to those ideas and not be locked into i'm the smartest guy in the room kind of attitude it's the ability to leverage the talent that you have within the organization and it's i think the openness really to me that's that's one of the big things is the openness to other ideas uh, outside of your own and and those traits together with the ability to lead I mean, you, you can't lead if you don't have followers, right? So you, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to to harness the, the organization, harness the talent within the organization, push it in the right direction, and constantly challenge yourself. And you can see that in leaders when they're sitting around the table of whether they're just so locked into my idea is right, and I'm taking this hill, or Mary, I love your idea. Maybe we can combine forces on this and go a little left to center. And that might lead us to greener pastures.
1: So it sounds like one of the big things that is going to be dramatically different is rather than say management and board sitting together and just having good conversations as in we're all getting along and everything's just fine, that it's okay to have a little bit of tension about, well, we've always done it this way before, but you know what, now we need to go in this different direction and to work together in different ways. What do you think about that?
3: I think that's part of the teamwork that has to happen within organizations and leadership. You know I look at my team, I've got you know four direct reports who lead different business units. There is constructive tension. They do rely on each other, but they rely on each other to also problem solve across the organization. So I think that has to be inherent of building those relationships across different business units to think differently about how do we approach the marketplace because the marketplace is different. There's a dynamic in the marketplace that has to be reflected in how you approach it from a customer service standpoint, from a product delivery standpoint. You have to build those relationships internally and and leverage those relationships.
2: And that's going to require new levels of being able to build trust among people who may not be used to talking to each other. So what do CEOs and senior executives and boards need to do differently or better so there is this higher level of trust that will promote this higher and broader type of communication?
3: I I think a lot of it comes down to that communication message, you know, that we're not all locked into what we're doing. We have, you know, different ideas. We have different backgrounds. We have a diversity of skill sets. We have a diversity of experience. Those can all benefit us, but we only can benefit if we bring them to the table and we communicate effectively around how do we bring those together. So communication is critical in this whole thing of learning how to listen, to other viewpoints, learning how to adapt and change what you're doing to reflect what might be a better idea and really having almost over communication to build those trust levels within the teams.
1: And the leaders who are able to do this are definitely going to be the ones who are going to be most successful in this disruptive world. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Peter Gleason, President and CEO of NACD, about immediately useful ways to be more successful in a disruptive world. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Now, Pam, some of our listeners may know that we speak at a variety of company events, conferences, and off-sites. Can you tell us why clients engage us as speakers?
1: Well, one of the most... Challenging aspects of leading a successful company in this disruptive world is answering the tough question of how do we stay ahead of the curve when the journey keeps changing? Yeah, that's right. Well, as growth igniters ourselves, we know how to address this issue and spark the new thinking, new conversations, and new decisions that generate the momentum it takes to stay first, fast, and foremost.
2: To schedule a brief call with us to discuss how we can help you and your company get even more game-changing results, contact us today at businessadvance.com.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Peter Gleason, president and CEO of NACD, the National Association of Corporate Directors, about the new keys for leadership in a disruptive world. Peter, tell us again how people can learn more about NACD.
3: Uh, The easiest way is going to our website at nacdonline.org, and uh, you can find a host of information about what we do and how we do it.
1: And you can access those links also by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 152, and scrolling down under resources. Well, we are at the part of our podcast where we like to talk about the immediately useful ideas for, in this case, leadership success in a disruptive world. Peter, what would be the first one, maybe having to do with ongoing learning?
3: Yeah, and I think that's a commitment that, you know, this is our business, so it's uh, one of the cores of what we look at is committing to ongoing learning, and that's true at both the management level and at the board level, and that's that's where we thrive is, is in the board continuing education world. But if you're thinking about disruption and you're not learning about it, if you're not staying active, if you're not going to industry shows and going to things like CES or South by Southwest, understanding what's out there and how it may change your world, that world may run by you real quickly. So we're constantly encouraging people uh, and board members to stay active in the community to Go to as many events as you can fit into your schedule and to commit to this ongoing learning that's necessary, not just about disruption, but about culture, about management styles, about board management relationships, different things that you can use as tools as you practice your trade in the boardroom.
2: So it's hard sometimes to lift your head up and look out there for new ideas when there's so many demands, but it's really worth it. That's absolutely true. Now, we talked about having broader, more open conversations. What's a practical idea that leaders can use to actually build that into the culture so that you get new thinking and new problem solving and greater adaptability?
3: Right. I think it's incumbent upon the leaders to open those conversations, and I think that's the challenge. Um, It's one thing to have a sidebar conversation in a hallway. It's another to have it around the boardroom table and to really open up to new ideas to really foster and embrace new thinking and to really go after problem solving that way as a collective, as opposed to thinking we've got all the ideas down mm-hmm. and we've got all the solutions. And again, those dialogues, it may not be at the boardroom table. It may be in a staff meeting. It may be a town hall type environment where you're inviting different perspectives and you reward those things mm-hmm. through through your organization for creative ideas and or suggestions that might help us operate better internally and produce better in products and services to the market
2: externally. Yeah, so making it part of the agenda and then reinforcing it when it actually happens.
1: I think that is one of the key things because a lot of times people may have ideas and uh, then they never hear about them. So that when leadership at every level is getting back to people and talking about maybe why something is or is not Going to be adapted. That might be a reinforcement all by itself.
3: Right. And it, it may be so ingrained into your daily operations in your company that you don't think about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Internal training
3: can happen across different departments. And you know, we just had a suggestion that we adopted for internal training purposes that came from a, an unlikely source, but we adopted it, we announced that we adopted it, and we made it available to all of the departments within the organization on a suggestion from a staff member. And when that staff member sees that his ideas are taken seriously, uh-huh. that that they get implemented, that leads to a healthier culture within your organization because people are heard, and it's not just... Everything that happens is decided at the top of the house and pushed down through the organization, that everybody's a valued employee and everybody can contribute to the success of the organization, and ideas do get lifted and, and listened to.
2: And that really builds trust all throughout the organization. Absolutely.
1: And that leads to uh, the third immediately useful idea. Now, one of the things that I noticed is that NACD also talks about non-financial metrics, for assessing company culture and adaptability. Can you tell us maybe uh, one or two that would be useful in what we're talking about today?
3: Sure. And again, it goes back to building the the culture within the organization and really focusing in on... You can always look at numbers. Everybody's got a number to report on, but dig a little bit deeper. Look at employee engagement surveys. What are people telling you that they value about coming to work? That they value about the organization? Are you mission focused or are you numbers focused? How can we adapt to different ideas that come throughout the organization? Are we tracking things like, again, from a cultural standpoint? Absenteeism, turnover rates, you know, there are numbers behind those, but they're not the typical financial metrics that get reported into Mm -hmm. to your shareholders or to your board. But really digging deep on do we have an environment here that fosters development, that fosters improvement and continuous improvement, because that continuous improvement that I talked about in idea number one has to drive through your whole organization. So from a cultural standpoint, Mm -hmm. creating opportunities for people to advance looking at whether they're motivated and coming to work and love what they do or are they not coming to work and looking for different jobs and you've got a high turnover rate, uh, different things that you can look at to help foster a healthier company and a healthier a healthier culture within your company.
1: Definitely. And the leaders who are attuned to these kinds of non-financial metrics are going to find that there's so much more information available than you might otherwise think. I, I've certainly seen that.
2: And it really contributes to adaptability of the organization from top to bottom.
1: So, Peter, do you have some final thoughts about the new keys for leadership success in a disruptive world?
2: You know, I, I, I'll go
3: back to something I said earlier, which is, you know, challenge yourself. Just try to disrupt your own company. And that will lead you to hopefully some ideas about who might be able to do this from the outside and really hurt you. If you're going to continue to to thrive, you've got to be able to think differently. You've got to be looking at competition differently, and you've got to try to disrupt your own business and figure out how you can do things differently to succeed in an environment that's just changing so rapidly in front of us. And competition can come from every corner of the marketplace. So it's this adaptability, it's this agileness, and it's the ability to really think differently about your business and and the competitive forces that you're facing.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being our guest on Growth Igniter's radio.
3: My pleasure. Great to be with you.
2: It's been great, Peter. Thanks so much. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including downloadable reports that Peter mentioned, go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 152. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper,
1: wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider.
2: How are we? going to adapt our governance and leadership so that we can continue to adapt and thrive no matter how disruptive the
0: world is. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniter's radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.